and welcome back to another episode of the Geopoint Report, the Digital Electronic World Point Report. This will be a brief episode dedicated to gardening. As you know, one of my loving hobbies is gardening. And so once in a while, I tell you of the delights of the garden. Well, this title of the episode is The Garden's Happy Speaking Moments. The Garden Talks. What does the garden say today, you wonder? Well, first of all, one day a woman once said, The garden speaks to me. As she walked into her garden, she greeted her hortensias. And she said, I missed you, hortensia. How are you today? And you wonder, who is hortensia? Is it a person, place, or thing? Well, if one were to not know who an hortensia is, by the tone of the gardener's voice, you would think it's a person. But upon further consideration, if you were to actually see what was happening and observe the situation, you would understand, no, it's a thing. It is actually a thing. It's a flower. An hortensia is a hydrangea. And you see, the gardener had not been in the garden for a while and had missed the flower because not only had this hydrangea, hortensia, not flowered in a while, in fact, it had not bloomed in over a year. And so just to see the blooms was a magic moment for a gardener who tends to the garden and then perhaps there's a respite moment or perhaps there's a bad weather year where there's a moment where the garden just does not exist in the same way it once did and woohoo the gardener has to put his or her gardening hobby skills and tools on hold for a moment and then lo and behold oh i must pause this description to tell you that i see yes i see a butterfly in front of me a monarch flying so happily and there it is you see i don't see as many anymore and there it is it flutters in front of me. It's just a happy moment I had to share. I don't get to see too many anymore. There used to be the days where there would be 5, 10, 15 monarch butterflies in the garden and they would just flutter about as if nothing. And then the years of here, there, and everywhere just gone beyond. And now it is just one or two in the garden that I see 
ever so often. And so right now I just paused for a moment in describing to you the Hortensia because that butterfly I rarely see anymore. I do see the tender white butterfly ever so often, but I have seen no more than three butterflies in a week in the last year. And so that was a special moment to be shared. And so back to the hydrangea hortensia. description. And so as that gardener who used to awaken at the wee hours of the morning, five o'clock in the morning, every day to tend to her garden, she delighted from the dahlias to the roses to the hortensias and many other flowers in the garden some so simple and tender and some so hardy yes some annuals some perennials a little bit of everything and some of course the bulbs that she would remove from the garden every year only to put back into the garden at the exact moment that they were necessary soil so that they would bloom at the appropriate time of the year and this is why now when I see a rose bloom such as the Marilyn Monroe that has such a beautiful aromatic which some people make perfume out of or the Guadalupe which is also aromatic which is known to have existed for over a hundred years, tender in its petals. And there are, of course, so many other roses. Each of them has their own name, but sometimes any person in a garden gives them a colloquial name. There are, of course, the marguerites, which are hardy, and often are turned into a topiary because, well, that's how hardy they are. They just return and they keep their form, but then they grow and they grow and people can shape them into many a form. And if you topiary them, which is to shape them into a spherical shape, they maintain that wonderful form. Oh, butterfly, I do see. As I mentioned, the tender white butterfly, not often seen. There it is in front of me. But there are so many roses one could speak of, and they are quite hardy. Not requiring too much water these days, especially with the rationing of water. One can see why they resolve to stay around for much longer than can be even expected, especially with notices that no watering can be done for more than 15 minutes on one particular day. It's quite a sadness to be seen that some gardens, they whimper, they whamper, they sadden at the thought. And so one has to choose ever so carefully what kind of flowers to keep, what kind of 
hardiness will sustain is quite interesting. But I have to tell you that as I move about the garden ever so gently, I notice some have stayed, some have moved on, some the hummingbirds, the butterflies, and the bees have helped in pollinating to move themselves to other parts of the garden. And I'm quite surprised because I didn't move them myself. <laughs> because oftentimes gardeners can just up and move a flower. Yes, uproot it and say, ah, I shall find a better place for you, dear flower. And this is where you shall be. And there are, of course, those moments where nature chooses instead. And so I find these lovely surprises where then I have, yes, there have been moments throughout the year where I have thought, boo-hoo, boo-hoo-hoo, is it true? All the clematis are gone. And then I see, no, uh, there is one small tender growth of a clematis left. You see, the clematis is where some of the butterfly have decided to create their chrysalis and then they metamorphosize into butterfly. And it is a beautiful thing that they have survived because I didn't have very many clematis left. And I have very little that I know this is why there are very few butterflies. Though perhaps in the neighborhood there are other plants that have chosen to survive and this is why the butterflies return. Though I also know that because I still have a cypress. Though I have relatives that say, oh no, that cypress is too large, it must go. I say, no, I think the cypress should stay because the cypress is adored by the monarch and it is hardy. If the cypress should ever leave, I would rather it be donated to a place that will allow it to survive. Because what happens is one must be cognizant of one's own responsibility to nature, particularly because nature resolves itself to give back to the earth in a variety of ways. And this is why we do our parts, they do theirs. Yes, hummingbirds are pollinators too. And this is why some plants, flowers, attract hummingbirds. Other plants, flowers, attract butterflies. Other plants, flowers, attract bees. Now I know some people are shaking and quivering in their clothes at the moment because they think, oh my goodness, wasn't I told that I have an allergy to bees or wasps and I should be careful? Well, if that is true, then you should be careful. I too have 
allergies to wasps. Not bees, but wasps. And what happens when they sting me, those wasps, they're so tenacious because they don't let go of their stinger. They just sting, 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 and sting, sting, sting. One year, I should say, and this is truth be told, I was driving and a wasp decided to sting me on the left arm and of course I couldn't stop driving but I did see to my surprise a big big bulge that was of course the reaction that my body had to that big sting it was horrible and of course we later laughed it off anybody who I showed that to but it was right near my under armpit but it was on my left side. And then later that summer, I don't know what was happening with my body that year, that later that summer I was a passenger and not driving. And a wasp, different, I'm sure it was not the same one, stung me on the right arm near my armpits, but on my arm. Same reaction, big bulge, red, hives afterward, horrible, painful. Now, of course, I know better. I have discussed this with my doctor. So she said finally, yes, you get one of those EpiPens. And so I know what to do in an emergency so that I can control the situation. And fortunately, as I garden, though I'm cautious, they have not gotten near me and stung me in such a way as they did that summer. Isn't that odd? Though when I garden, they are near me and they are just busy in the garden with all the flowers as they buzz along, busy in their work. And they let me garden and I let them do their work. We coexist in a way that is necessary for what I say, nature versus humanity. When I return, I will discuss further the importance of Recognizing gardening's brilliance. And welcome back to another segment of this episode of The Garden Says Today. In this podcast of The Dewpoint Report with your hostess, Margarita. In the previous segment, I discussed how important it is to understand the nuances of a garden, and more particularly, a gardener's delight in the garden, the way that the different flowers blossom, bloom, and are brilliant in their own way, but also the fact that not every flower is the same and why different animals, such as hummingbirds, butterflies, bees, have a different 
pollinating purpose. And particularly the fact that some flowers are perennials, some flowers are annuals. What that means, of course, that some return year after year perennials, and some only bloom, blossom, once a year, and then they're gone. And that is so interesting. This is why gardens have a particular characteristic. And sometimes they themselves reflect the gardener who tends to the garden. But I did promise you that this would be a not-so-lengthy podcast episode. Sometimes my episodes can go on for over an hour. I try to keep them to half an hour, between half an hour to an hour. But there have been some episodes that have been over an hour in length. This one is not that, I promise. And so, to keep it succinct, I wanted to ensure the following was inculcated, and that is important measures. Three things to note. When preparing to garden, make sure that you don't spend too much time in the garden, that you give yourself a specific amount of time that you're going to be out there. Now, don't garden during the hottest times of the day. Garden in the coolest portion, during the coolest portions of the day, meaning in the morning, before 10 a.m. and or after 3 p.m. This is to help yourself so that you don't get exhausted or overheated. Second, make sure that you wear sunblock and that you protect your skin properly. Even though you wear sunblock, make sure that you also cover your skin with the appropriate attire so that you don't have exposed skin. Now, especially if you are going to be in a rose garden, that you wear alligator gloves that protect your arms so that you don't get thorns. And this is essential because if you do have a certain concerns for your body, such as people who have diabetes, for example, not just people who have diabetes, but people who have other diseases who don't want to get infections, but people who have diabetes have it even worse. There are certain roses whose thorns can cause an immediate infection. And it is obvious immediately. This is why people with diabetes have extra concern when they garden. And they don't actually have certain roses around them. But they are aware which ones are most devastating. Alligator gloves, that's what they're called, because the gloves are thicker and they go to almost the elbow. Some even 
higher because then there's another section that can be purchased, which protects up to the shoulder. But what you can do, obviously, and you always want to cover the entirety of your skin when you're out gardening because you don't want to have exposure to the sun that is going to exert yourself even further. But because you are going to be outside in areas that are going to give you exposure to different elements of a garden, such as spider webs and different areas with critters, you do want to make sure that you wear the kind of clothing which will allow you to see any exposure to such critters much quicker. Light colored clothing is easy for this. If you wear dark colored clothing, you won't see what is on your clothing as quickly. You'll still see it, but it just won't be seen as easily. So help yourself. And of course, if you're gardening at night, it is always easier to wear the kind of clothing that has highlights on it, similar to what runners wear. But the reason I say this is, if there are people who are near to you, you want them to see you so that you highlight if a car turns. For example, if you are trimming a hedge, you don't want to be trimming a hedge at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night, mind you. But nonetheless, if you find yourself moving a trash can out of the way and it's rolling on the sidewalk, you do want to be seen by a car turning the corner on a street corner. And so you want to be wearing clothing that has highlights on it, fluorescence. And this is important because you don't want to be unseen. Nonetheless, you also want to wear the kind of protective gear that is the standard thicker gloves and the appropriate tool for the appropriate situation, depending what you're gardening. Additionally, your gardening boots are essential. Whether you are in a moist, muddy garden, of course, you wear thick boots. If you are in a cement area, you wear the appropriate boots, but you always want to have your toes protected. And of course, there are suede garden gloves if all you are doing is something a little lighter. But always protect your fingers and your hands. And remember that when you are done gardening, that you clean them and wash your hands thoroughly. And if necessary, that you use the kind of cuticle cleaner and or oil that will heal your nail cuticles.
This is important because hand care is just as essential. The aftercare for your feet also essential. Because when you are gardening, that is not a simple task. And the next point is don't forget that because when you garden, it's easy to make a mess because you have likely been trimming, clipping, and things fall to the ground. Make sure you pick everything up, sweep it, rake it, and put it in the appropriate receptacle for yard waste. Especially if you have been pruning rose bushes, you don't want to leave the thorns behind. I hope this has been very helpful for you. Thank you for listening and have a good day. Your hostess, Margarita, with the Dewpoint Report.